Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Ian Acker and Frank Young from Fit to Recover. So fascinated with you guys and grateful to have you on the show. Um, our very first show. This is our inaugural show. And I, I reached out to you guys on purpose. I've been watching you, Ian, for years. I remember seeing you on, was it Channel? One of the channels in town. And they did a they did a special on you guys. And this was back when you were working out in the park. And let me tell you the story behind that. I was in Sugar House Park one time, and there was a bunch of you guys trooping the hill. Uh-huh. I think you were there. I don't remember specifically if you were there. But there was a big group that was trooping the hill. And I was looking at the hill, and I'm like, that's amazing. I wonder what's going on over there. So I asked a, a, a lady that kind of seemed like she was in the know, and she was like, yeah, a bunch of addicts mm. that are just storming the hill right there. And I didn't love the way she did it because it felt like she was being dismissive. Sure. Um, I'm guessing you guys get a little of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was fascinated by it. And since then, I've been watching and listening. I've got my ear to the ground on the whole fitness business thing and you guys have opened a beautiful studio i've never been there yet um but i know a lot of people that have and i know some of your instructors and i wanted to have you on the show and pick your mind cool cool i'm grateful to be here i'm grateful to uh i've done these um and i'm really grateful to do it with with frank today and just kind of bounce back and forth from each other it's it's an honor to be here and you started it. To it uh-huh in 2014 it was it's your gig well, it's our gig. Okay. Yeah. Um, Frank, what, what's your thing? So I'm the fitness director at Fit to Recover. I handle all of the um, <clears throat> of our fitness pillar. We have four pillars. Yeah, we'll uh, get into those yeah. in a second. Don't go there yet. So I do all the programming, manage the co- the training staff, connect with the community, give Ian something to work on because he's always trying to help me out. Mm. Love it. Ian, where did it come from? Tell me about Fit to Recover. What's what's where did it come from? What's it, your story? It came from treatment. Um, I was in treatment for like the the fifth or sixth time, and and every time I left treatment, I didn't have anywhere to go. And my mom sent me a clipping from a place called Phoenix Multisport, and they were doing outdoor hikes and and different things of that nature, and and run groups, and um, they were doing a little bit of working out, and um, I got the idea to because I've always been into fitness. I've always been into fitness and. It's been a big way to connect with other people, and when we got out, we I just got obsessed with it. I got obsessed with it, and every single day, we just did something towards building um, what is now Fit to Recover. I have always believed that health and fitness in general ran a lot of parallels with recovery. 
Sure. I think that people that become healthy and fit from a, let's say, a deficit. So somebody that is out of shape right now, somebody hasn't been in shape for 30 years, they're 70 pounds from in shape and a lot of miles from in shape. I've always thought that the, that they needed a type of recovery, which is one of the things that fascinates me about what you do. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a lot of transfer between what I do in the what I would call the general fitness world and what you would do. Yeah. Um, do you feel like that's true? Do you feel like that's something that you've seen parallels through? Absolutely. And I've seen um, the biggest thing that I've seen with, with fitness is the connection that happens in between it. Um, because a lot of people, when we came up here, we... we uh, we flubbed on the handshake and and yeah, that was embarrassing. And so, but sometimes, like we don't. For me, and just speaking for me, is I'm not good in social situations, so I need something to do. And then the organic time in between um, the fitness, the nutrition, the service, and the creative arts, um, you form friendships. So it's about the connection um, for me in between, and then getting stronger, and and then accomplishing something hard with a group of people that are like minded. That's one of the things I've always thought about fitness. I've thought that fitness, um, you needed three things. You needed facilities. I mean, look, if you got a sugar house hill, that's facilities, mm. and that'll do. You needed, um, y- you, you need programming, some sort of a programming, and you need community. Yeah. What, what's so strong, what's, what's so meaningful about community and what you do? What do you think, Frank? Uh, I, I think of <coughs> the, the thing that, that builds our community or, or forms our community is the safety aspect. Um, a lot of the people that are part of the fit to, me- fit to recover community come from places that aren't safe emotionally, physically, you know, even spiritually. So that's the space that we provide is it's safe. People can go in there <clears throat> and be met wherever they're at and they don't have to worry about being judged or being ostracized or this or that. <clears throat> Which for me is something that's brand new. I've been in the recovery community for a long time, and um, I've never witnessed or experienced the level of of compassion and empathy and, and I guess, love like I did until I started at Fit to Recover. You have a a recovery story also? Yeah, yeah. I'm a person in long-term recovery. Um, I started in 2002. (laughs) So... 18 out of the last, or no, 17 out of the last 18 years, I've been in recovery. And the one year that I wasn't in recovery, I was still in recovery because it's all a process for me. Okay, explain that to me. So I got sober in 2002. Um, From what? Methamphetamine, mostly at that point. But I mean, my use started, I came from an addicted family. Um, the majority of the people in my family from a generational standpoint had issues with substance abuse um so alcohol cocaine methamphetamine marijuana all of that stuff came into play for me but in 2002 i I hit a a dark place a really dark place for meth and i got sober i went to treatment and i got sober and started that path that we like to call the recovery path i guess Mm -hmm. you know um long story beautiful story i mean just the most amazing thing you know the journey part of it was sober for nine years rebuilt my my life with my wife and our kids and um had a what they call a relapse but i don't i don't necessarily turn choose to look at it that way now it was part of that recovery process so i i used drugs and alcohol for about a year um 
and then came back from that one more time was given you know a gift of desperation and grace and uh started the process again i love that point of view yeah because i think people have that same point of view in health and fitness if i get off the wagon if i stop for a little bit i'm off just keep feeding me pie and turkey like i'm i'm done Put a, put a fork in me, I'm done. But it's just a part of the process. It's absolutely part of the process. And, and for in our, in our community, in the recovery community, um, we're trying to shift that stigma from, you know, if you're this, you're good. If you're, if you're not this, you're bad, right? And, and that, to be totally honest with you, is the stuff that keeps people sick and in their sickness. If, if they feel like they don't have a place that they can go and connect and be vulnerable and share what's happened to them, if they don't have that, more than likely they're just going to keep fueling that machine, you know, and they usually do that with drugs or alcohol or other behaviors that are destructive. It's that shame and guilt. It's just like it's just like you were saying with, with your people, right? Food is addictive too. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's it's and fits where, where we're from and, and our idea is like if you drink uh, a beer, does that mean that your life is over and everything's going to, going to shit, right? And it's like we don't want to shame anyone for that, but we also want people to live healthy, just like somebody who ate too many donuts one day, right? Like, if you eat three donuts, <clears throat> I don't even know where I'm going with this, but like, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to make people feel bad about the decisions. We want them to kind of come to those decisions by themselves and not shame and guilt them in between, because that shame and guilt keeps people sick. Health and fitness is a life process. It's a process. There's there's no good. There's no bad. I loved that you said that because I was drawing parallels the whole time that you were saying that yeah. about the, the recovery process. I was thinking, you know, what's weird about that is I get that same thing. And in my world, you're either good or you're bad, right? right? You don't do your exercises. You don't do the whole workout. Um, maybe you missed yesterday. Maybe you shoved a whole bag of cookies or a whole, what do they call it, a stick of Oreos? Oh, Oreos. <laughs> then you're bad. It's not bad. You're bad. And you're a bad person, and now you need to recover. It's a weird thing. I've always thought. Well, and then that, that shame part of it, like we're talking about, I mean, when I parallel that with my fitness journey, you know, oftentimes what that would do is, okay, so let's say I go on a binge, which I have done in the past regularly of, of, of food of junk food right i binge and then it turns into oh my god i have to fix this somehow so then i go to the gym and overwork out you know do too much and which leads me towards an injury or leads me towards you know chronic fatigue or whatever is going on and that whole cycle is very similar to the recovery process for somebody you know they they feel bad they use they feel bad guilt and shame creates more use and just just is this ever-shifting cycle of, of stuff. You know? I like you guys a lot. A lot. I call that the dark side of health. Yeah. There's a dark side Absolutely. of it. Like yeah. there's, there's too much. There can be too much, and there can be too much of anything. Right? In our community, we deal with that all the time. There, yeah. You would, right? We deal like, with it all the time. Like one of the things I've noticed, I've, I've worked with uh, recovering addicts a lot. Now, understand, I have no qualifications in this, and all I'm doing is just speculating. But one of the things that I've noticed is that addicts in general, the ones that I've worked with anyway, have um, – just traded one addiction for another. And they've called this one, the health and fitness one, they've called that healthy. But from my, I would say, unique point of view, it's no more healthy. It's just as destructive, and I'm not sure they're getting as much out of it as they think they are. Right. And for me, it's, it's what makes your life unmanageable, right? Um, 
<clears throat> because drugs and alcohol made my life unmanageable. Sometimes I and I fall into that balance of, of too much exercise, too Me much fitness, too. too much X, Y, and Z. But I have to do the checklist. Am I showing up for my relationships? Am I showing up for my friends? Um, am I not spending um, too much money? Am I am I not spending too little money? Like I, I have a checklist of what is making. Okay, my life stop. Manageable. I need to, I need to go into that between <coughs> you two. You said checklist. Um, tell me that checklist again. Am I showing up for my relationships? Is that the first thing you said? Yeah. What does that mean? So, like, am I calling me and Frank talk at least three or four times a week? Like, am I am I making time to, to check in with him? Um, with my girlfriend, am I being present with her? Um, am I treating her correctly? Am I showing up for her when she needs me? Why? 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 Why would I do that? Yeah. Uh, because it's the right thing to do and because I love her. And she's the important thing. Right. The, the damn right. exercise isn't. Right. It's her. Right. And maybe a lot of people, that's, so th- th- I know I'm asking redundant, redundant questions. But when I'm on dope, when I'm on dope, that's what I'm thinking about. And it doesn't matter about the dogs. It doesn't matter about my relationships. And it doesn't matter about my girlfriend. It matters about the dope. Okay. So first thing, am I checking in with my relationships? What's, what's one of the others that you said? Um, am I being financially responsible? Because I'll use money sometimes to make me feel better. Um my my everyday responsibility so am i am i tending to my dogs um my diet is another thing am i binging at night am i uh am i not eating until like five o'clock and then eating too much um just small things like that i've always been fascinated by that because a lot of people in the health and fitness world sorry i'm I'm putting all of these together it's a health and fitness podcast and this is the thing that i'm passionate about i hate to walk over over your stuff but I've always noticed that this time of year especially, so it's Thanksgiving right now, tomorrow is, and I've noticed that I'll start getting phone calls just the week after Thanksgiving, and people are like, I want to put my membership on hold for the next little while um, because it's expensive. i got to spend all this other money. Plus, I'm not going to make it out to do that. And while you were saying that, check in with your relationships, I'm like, I wish I would have said that to and I'm going to tomorrow. If somebody calls me, I'm going to be like, check in with your relationship. Is this is this really the most important thing? Financially, is this really the most important thing that you can be doing with your money? Like, right. So it's just an excuse. Me. It's just an excuse that they're using, probably. Yeah. In my opinion. And then, like, in the, am I going to therapy? Um, am I am I going to my? I go to one one meeting a week. Am I doing that? Um, am I am I? I know Frank does a lot of breath work. I mean, there, there's I think pe- certain people have different different checklists to to make sure they're buoyant and uh, moving in the right direction. But if I'm eating like crap, I'm spending money like I don't have. I'm ignoring my girlfriend. I'm not talking to my friends and checking in. Um, that's when I need to start really looking at my program of recovery. So it's kind of a short way of saying <clears throat> get your priorities straight, right? What are your real priorities? Well, it's a really good way of gauging where you're at, right? How are you showing up for your life? Like, for me, I have a a bunch of daily disciplines that I do every day. And and earlier you talked about those parallels between recovery and fitness. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we talk about in the recovery community, I've learned in the gym. I've learned through strength training. So we talk a lot about, you know, honesty. Like, am I... If I'm going to deadlift, a max weight deadlift, am I being honest with myself about where I'm at that day? And and ultimately, I have to in the gym because I can't lie. The barbell doesn't lie. I, I lift it or I don't, right? Yeah. Don't you love that about I fitness? Love it. I love yeah, it. The fitness I love doesn't it. lie. You can't fake fit. <clears throat> we we talk, also talk a lot in the recovery community about being open to new things. And in the gym, I've, I learned to 
big lesson in my life when I when I started to use a kettlebell because it was a tool that I had never used. I had to be open to that to come into that space. We talk about being willing, and, and the willingness for me shows up for me personally is to follow my programming, to work out the appropriate amount of time like you guys were talking about, not to overdo that. Because my struggle for a long time was not enough rest. It was like, okay, well, this is the fourth day. My body still feels pretty good. I'm going to go in for a fifth day. Then I'd get to a fifth day and I'd feel terrible and the stress of my life would come down. And instead of showing up to it, like Ian's talking about, to relationships and financial um, obligations and those things, I'd go escape. I'd go to the gym. I, you know, I'd tell my wife and, and my five kids, well, I've got to go to the gym. So for me, it, it can turn into a, like a, a point of escape, just like Ian was talking about with drugs or alcohol. You know, the biggest thing that I've learned through fitness is the discipline portion, the discipline portion of, of what of what recovery is. Right. I have to be disciplined not only with my physical body, but I have to be physical, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. I have to be disciplined. If those things start lacking and I'm not making the phone calls and I'm not showing up for my family, I'm not doing my meditation in the morning, my breath work in the morning, it'll all show at some point. At some point, it shows it rears its ugly head, and it's not a good place. And that boy, like like the thing that I really respect about Frank, and the and the reason I'm so glad that he's he's his actions show that like he doesn't post about breathing and then not breathe, right? Like yeah. the man breathes for twenty thirty minutes a, a day, and he's been trying to get me to breathe for like the past six years, and <laughs> and, I, and I'll breathe every once in a while, but I can't stay consistent with it. And like and like just the spiritual nature and the spiritual side of him is is really opened up my eyes to a lot of growth um, personally and I know a lot of people have been affected by not only the talk but the actions behind it so it's a really really cool picture to see come to fruition and and just how many people he that you know collectively we've helped you know by our action as opposed to just our talk let's talk about the people that you help you help I was looking at your um, I was looking at your your website. You guys have four pillars. Take me through those four pillars and what they mean to you. Go cool. start with fitness. Sure. So our the mission for Fit to Recover is to provide a safe space for people in recovery to connect. And and in the fitness pillar, we do that through exercise. Um, but we do a lot of other things in those fitness classes. Every class we circle up. We start with a recovery topic. We, you know, we interlock. We connect as a group in a big circle. Uh, we breathe. You know, three or four breaths just to, to like neutralize anything that's going on. Short talk about where we're at. We check in. We talk about gratitude. We talk about before the workout. Yeah, you guys before the workout. Yeah. What was the yeah, one you did last noon that was that was so epic? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, what story from your childhood do you still believe is true? Yeah, man, and we and it was amazing. It was so cool. Some of the responses that we got. I mean, it was so deep and it was such a cool thing you know and and uh, i wish we could get lay people to talk like that i wish we could get them to start a workout with that kind of a positive intention we do that then we exercise and then we come together at the end before we leave with gratitude yeah come together with gratitude yeah. describe that what would that so like? we'll circle back up after the after the workout's done the programming is done we connect again and then we just go around the circle and usually share about something we're grateful for what? Yeah. yeah, that's powerful stuff. I don't know how you don't be successful if you if you're doing stuff like that. How would you not be successful? We do that every class. Outstanding. Yeah, outstanding. Um, creative arts. What's what's your creative arts pillar? So creative arts is um, is giving people in our community a voice. So we have uh, we have a music studio upstairs where we freeform write 
and then we record. Uh, Freeform. So it's just we have a music therapist on site, and then we have a member who is dedicated to um, really his hip-hop career and, and his sobriety, and, and we teach people how to write because writing a song, is there's a lot to it. Um, I was just reading something about that recently. I was reading that until you give something your voice, and, and I imagine with recovery that would be every bit as, as important as like fitness. If you have the intention of becoming fit and healthy and you haven't been there for a while or you want to go to another level, one of the, the therapists that I was just talking to or actually listening to was saying until you give it a voice through your words, through writing and maybe song, mm-hmm. Um, that it can't come to fruition. It can't can't become. It can't be a thing. Sure, sure. Yeah, I was fascinated by that. Is there music in the headphones? I'm tripping. Let's do this. Um, okay. Let's cover the other pillars, and then I have some other specific um, questions I want to ask. I want to ask exactly what you do for fitness, how you program it, what the what the nutrition recommendation is, and we'll we'll do all that um, coming up in in this next section in part two. Cool. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Three, two, one. Back with Ian Acker and Frank Young. I really appreciate you two being on. I've been fascinated by this conversation. We were talking earlier before the break. We were talking about your four pillars. We went over fitness. I was stunned by how you guys do that. And I'm positive. Just I've been doing this 26 years, and I'm positive that that's a better way. And I, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited that you guys um, brought that to me. You were also talking about the creative arts. That's one of your second pillars. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about that. It's just it's ultimately about finding your voice. It's about tracking your progress, thirty, sixty, ninety days, um, and hearing it in your voice and asking specific questions. So almost like an audio journal, um, and it gives people a sense of accomplishment. And it makes people on day ninety, even though day ninety is hard, they can listen to where they were at day thirty, and it's like okay. I'm going to stay with this. It's tangible evidence. That's that's brilliant. Did you guys come up with this? Is this you? Yeah. That's just, my man over here. Just thought about it. Unbelievable. I love that. Um, community service. Talk to me about that one. That's your third pillar. Quarterly, just getting out into the community, um, giving back. Uh, we're doing something with Flourish Bakery. and um, Shout out to Flourish. Shout out to Flourish and Harm Reduction. Um, mm-hmm. we're, uh, we're coming together and we're giving the homeless some, some warm clothes. So just anything that we can do to give back. Community service. Without strength, you have none to give. Right. And and part of our program is, is giving back to others what was so freely given to us. So um, it's just being there for other people. And that can be like look, picking up trash, holding the door for somebody, introducing yourself to somebody else. Like that is service in itself. So, hmm. Brilliant. Yeah. It pulls your head out of uh, yourself, doesn't it? Sometimes it's hard to see past the end of my nose. Yeah. I struggle too. with that sometimes. And then... Um, 
seems like the best way for me to do that if I can remember and thank goodness for your guys' example if if I start doing something for somebody else all of a sudden you forget yeah. I forget a little bit about me a little I'm still selfish <laughs> but I'm honest yeah, and right. that's what <laughs> and that's what you guys said is part of it um, and then your fourth pillar is nutrition that's just a healthy relationship with food what is what is a healthy relationship with food and how do you put that on to somebody um, for so for our dietitian, she's a registered dietitian, and um, it's shout out. What's her name? Rose. Okay. Um, and Rose, she'll do education about the brain and and drugs and alcohol. How the dopamine goes up when you drink too many Red Bulls and then you crash. How sugar acts like cocaine, um, and just kind of gets people in early recovery um, an understanding of how nutrition, um, affects those fight or flight and different things of that nature. I wish she was here cause she, she could talk about it a little bit more, but, um, and it's also about not shaming yourself, um, back to what we, we did in the beginning. Like if you have a bad day of eating, like not letting that add up and add up and add up until you just say, forget it. Yeah. Um, so like if you eat a donut, like that's not the end of the world. Right. We're not, we're not counting calories. Yeah. Um, just stop. Just yeah. stop for starting now. So you guys don't count calories. That's that's not part of it. No. Okay. No. Community meal prep. And then yeah, community. Every Tuesday we come together and we connect. And uh, Smiths gave us a, a really nice donation. Smiths grocery store, so we can keep costs down. It's just twenty dollars for five meals, and you cook in the kitchen together. So. Uh, I got so many questions, but I'm going to cut it off right there. Let's let's talk about how people can get a hold of you. Um, I can get there on the fit to recover dot org. Is it dot mm-hmm. org? Yeah. Um, Facebook, Insta. Yeah, and I have to be an addict to go there. Like, I have to be in recovery. Negative. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of members who, who, it's pretty cool, who are not, let's say, in recovery, but a lot of those folks are dealing with their own battles, right? And they yeah. come in and they, they just want to connect. Yeah. Or they have family members who are going through that battle, and we've, we've helped a lot of people that way. We can go to fittorecover.org, and, and there's where we can do donations and, and be part of this. If we can't be down there physically, right. we could be part of this in that way. Um, I'm inspired by you, too. Thank you so much for coming down. Um, thank you for what you've, you've created. I, I really think that this is a new way. And thank you for adding to the collective. I'm oh. fascinated by fitness experts and experts in any level that are adding to the collective and helping people. And you two rank up there with me. So thanks for coming down. Thank right you, sir. On. Thank Appreciate you. you. Happy Thanksgiving. Peace out. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.